Hello and welcome to The Walk, a podcast where we discuss parenting and what the Bible says about it. God's Word contains truth, encouragement, and application, which we want to share with you, the mom or dad journeying through the chaos of raising kids. From the newborn to the rebellious teenager, our mission is to provide you with hope and skills that allows you to be the parent God calls you to be. I am your host, Tony Smith. For today and as a continuation from last week, our title is The Absence of Family, Part 2. This episode will revolve around kids in the foster care system, foster parents, and adoption. So we're going to kick things off with Genesis chapter 16, verse 13. It says, She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. When we look at this verse, Hagar, the servant of Sarah, Abraham's wife, was kicked out of her home. And many of you have read the story, but Sarah, the wife of Abraham, Abraham, couldn't conceive. And so she came up with this idea that Abraham should sleep with her servant, Hagar, to conceive a child and hopefully would produce an heir. Well, sure enough, That's exactly what happened, and boy, even though it was originally Sarah's idea, she was angry. Envy and jealousy began to set in, and the two women were at each other's throats. Sarah, and in Scripture at this point in time, it's actually, her name is Sarai, but she mistreated Hagar to the point where she fled. She ran away, and she couldn't take the abuse anymore, so here she is, alone in the the desert, pregnant, and this is where the Lord shows up. He found her near a spring, and they have a conversation. And in the end, she gave him the name Elroy. She is seen, she is accepted, and she is loved. What does it feel like for each child who is adopted to feel seen, to feel accepted, to feel loved? So my first point is foster care children in the system, the foster care system in the United States. So this is the first point of discussion for today, and I want to focus on the issues that come with children in that foster care system, and they're in the process of being adopted. So as of 2020, there were over 400,000 kids in the United States in the child welfare system. And as data has been collected over the last 20 years or so, a trend is that the number of children going into the system is decreasing, which is great. But at the same time, the number of children exiting the system is also decreasing. So there is kind of a trade-off there. But that is almost a half a million children in the system that don't have a family or have been abandoned by their family for whatever reason and left for the foster care system to take care of them. And according to the Adoptive and Foster Family Coalition, there are seven core issues with adoption after the adoption process is made. These issues are focusing on the well-being of the children and the adoptive parents. And I want to briefly go over each of these seven core issues and then tie them into our verse for this week. And I'll also throw this article in the show notes below so that you can take a look and read it for yourself as well. So the first issue that pops up for these kids is the issue of loss. 
So the loss of their parents can be a huge factor in developing a relationship with an adoptive child. It's not that they aren't happy with their adoptive family, but losing a loved one is challenging for anybody. And the feeling of loss can be more prevalent in teens and young adults. And I don't know Hagar's story specifically, how she came into the servitude of Abraham and Sarah, but she was in their care. Was she sold as a slave? Did her parents die when she was young? I'm uncertain. However, there is a unique take on Hagar being in the service of Abraham and Sarah back in Genesis chapter 12. You see, Hagar was an Egyptian woman. And in chapter 12 of Genesis, Abraham and Sarah went down to Egypt. Some studies say that Hagar was a daughter of Pharaoh. And in verse 16, it says, He, the Pharaoh, treated Abram well for her, Sarah's, sake. And Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants, and camels. There are other Jewish traditions saying that she was in the company of Sarah before she was married, before she was married to Abraham, because it was Sarah who had control over her. Another tradition even still states that she was the daughter of Pharaoh and one of his concubines. Therefore, she was a servant growing up in the kingdom of Egypt and was given to Sarah after she got together with the Pharaoh. All speculation, of course, but one thing is for certain, Hagar Hagar was no longer in the company of her biological family. There was a loss there. The second issue with adoption is rejection. Adoptive children often feel rejected by their birth parents and can sometimes react to that negatively. We see how Hagar reacted to Abraham and Sarah. Hagar obviously felt rejected by them, and she fled and was later kicked out of their home. Adopted children often avoid situations where they feel rejected because they tend to feel rejected by their birth parents. The opposite can also happen where they tend to seek attention or provoke others to reject them in order to validate those negative self-perceptions, those negative feelings. Thirdly is guilt and shame. Now, this is a big one because these kids often feel responsible and feel they deserve to have lost their birth parents. Navigating through those emotions and thoughts is something that can't be fixed in a day. That's a long process to overcome. That requires a lot of positive reinforcement, a lot of encouragement, and stability. Fourth is grief. Losing both parents can cause a lot of suppressed emotions that can be delayed. And some of those emotions coming out of the dark for the first time can lead to depression or aggressive behaviors or even substance abuse in order to cope with it. Fifthly is the lack of identity. Adopted kids often find that there are gaps in their family history and there can be a lot of unknown there. And there's a sense of feeling incomplete or confusion about who they are and who they're supposed to be. Sixth is intimacy. This can be incredibly difficult for adopted kids, especially if they have had an early childhood experience with abuse. Often they distance themselves for protection and can be difficult to get close to or having them open up. And lastly is control. There can be power struggles between the adopted child and the adoptive parents. This is an act or sense of regaining some control over what they had previously lost and can lead to defiance of authority figures. So needless to say, there's seven different issues that 
typically revolve around those kids that are adopted and they don't all show up at the same time. And sometimes it's kind of staggered where you're focusing on grief for a few weeks or a few months, or maybe they're struggling with a lack of identity for a couple of years. It just varies. But these are seven issues that constantly show up with kids who are adopted into a family. The second issue I want to focus on is the foster care parents. Now, foster care is quite different from adoption, but also, in my opinion, foster parenting is more challenging than adoption. And again, this is my opinion. But the thing with adoption is that you start caring for a child, and when you adopt them, they're yours. Foster care is a little different. The purpose of a foster care parent is to help the process of reuniting the child and their biological parents. For whatever reason, there's a gap between the parents being able to be responsible for their child, so a foster parent fills that gap so that the birth parents can figure some things out and prepare a bit more in order to be ready to be good parents. And typically, there's an underlying issue that causes the birth parents to be unreliable to care for a child. So those kids go through the foster care system, and oftentimes they don't even realize it, especially if they're really young. But they're cared for by parents, by foster parents for a time. It could be a few months, could be a few years, it varies. But what makes this process so difficult is that as a foster parent, you care for these kids and you can begin to grow attached. You begin to love those kids as your own and knowing full well that you might, might have to give them back. Like if you, if you join the foster care system in the hopes or even the expectation of adopting a child, that's not always going to be the case. And we have to realize that. You start loving this child or these children as if they're your own, and then over time they become your own. Just to give them back? That's a gut-wrenching feeling. But that's the nature of the game. As nice as it is to adopt a child that you're raising from the foster care system, adoption isn't the primary goal. The primary goal is to take care of the child and bring unity back to the family. The goal is to return those children back to their own homes once it's safe to do so. So I commend foster care families just because of the challenges it brings. And there's such an unknown outcome because I think a large portion of foster families go into it with the idea of adoption. And there's nothing wrong with that. I can't tell you a number or a percentage, but from conversations that I've had, it seems that the general trend is that people want to adopt kids and they think foster care is the way to do it. And what do these families do? They provide a child or a group of children a family to be a part of, even if it's for a short period of time. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, there are over 400,000 kids in the United States in this foster care system. They have no family. And foster parents provide some of those kids a family in spite of the emotional cost to themselves. And how you make those kids feel, they might develop a sense of belonging or form a sense of identity because of that experience. And there are stories of kids who go from being in foster care to adoption. And one of my former students went through this while I had him in class. And it was such an amazing experience and an exciting moment when that happens. Not just for the child, but also for the parents. Now, thirdly, 
is the concept of adoption. It's a profound concept to adopt a child that isn't yours biologically. Laura and I have not gone through this process, but it is something we talk about often. We have, uh, we're friends with so many people that have adopted children of all ages, ethnicities, different stages of life. And what's fascinating is not every adoption story is the same. There's something unique about each one. And I think that is how God treats us. When we're welcomed into his family, adopted into his family, our testimony isn't like anybody else's. There's a distinct difference between every experience. And Laura and I both know what it is like to welcome our own children into the world and the emotions that come with that, the powerful, overwhelming feelings of love and excitement and wonder. It's practically indescribable. And I'm not sure how those emotions are played out when you, as a parent, go through the stages of adoption and finally adopt a son or a daughter or a set of siblings. What's something that could be different that I haven't really investigated quite yet is the emotional impact of the adopted child. When a baby is born, they won't remember any, any of that. But when a six-year-old is adopted, when a 15-year-old is adopted, I have to imagine that that is a profound moment that will stay with the kids for their entire lives. And that memory just doesn't go away. I mean, you can, you can even watch adoption reveal stories on YouTube and see the reactions of the kids, and most of them are filled with joy and crying. They feel an overwhelming sense of acceptance and love that's indescribable. And with all of the struggles that foster kids face from those seven issues I mentioned earlier, you know, the lack of identity, the guilt and shame, the grief, the rejection, wouldn't they ask the question, why me? What have I done? to be received into this family. When I take some time to reflect on myself and what God has done for me, I ask him the same question. And you all can do this too. You think about the fact that as a believer in Jesus, you are adopted into God's family, and you ask the question, why? What have I done? Looking at the things that you've thought, the words that you've said, the acts that you've done against others, and we can feel unlovable. We feel disgusting. Yet God looks past all of that and embraces you with open arms, never to let go. That is profound. Going into real life with the Smiths, there have been several conversations Laura and I have had about adoption. We've had many conversations with people who are foster parents, and we thought about pursuing that route first, just to get a feel for how the whole foster care adoption process works. And like with anything else, there is the good, the bad, and the ugly. We never have been a foster family but we really wrestled with it for about a year 
and we still have those conversations. Actually, the real idea came about when we were trying to figure out if we wanted a third child or not. We kind of always felt that we would have more than two kids, but we didn't know how baby number three would show up. Would we try for a biological kid or would we pursue adoption? And there were a lot of these superficial thoughts like, you know, we could foster and then adopt a boy. That way I'd have a son. You know, God obviously has me as a girl dad for a reason, so I'm not worried about that anymore. But that was a thought we had that was just kind of cheesy. But some other thoughts that went into the process that are a little more serious is the age of our kids and the age of a child that we would foster. You know, our girls were still really young. They were like four and two at the time. And we were unwilling to bring in a child, boy or girl, that was older, just for safety reasons for the daughters that we had. And we wrestled with the emotional toll it would take if we invested into a child for a few years and then had to give them back. And what really put it into perspective, at least for us at the time, was what it would be like if we had to give up one of our daughters. I know that's a little different, but the thought of what that would feel like was incredibly difficult. And it was just a thought. And we spent a lot of time praying about it and asking questions from people. And I don't think that being a foster family is completely out of the question in the future, or adoption for that matter. That isn't out of the question either. It's something we're interested in, but not for this season in life. And that's okay. You guys might be feeling the same thing. Just thinking about it, allowing God to mold your heart towards adoption is amazing in and of itself. But I think that adopting a child is another way we can resonate with God on a practical level here on earth. We have the opportunity to bring kids into our family through adoption as he does with us that we can welcome kids into our family as he has welcomed us into his. Have those conversations with people. Have those conversations with your spouse. Maybe spend some time praying about it. And maybe God will change your heart and propel you into something profound like foster care or adoption. Maybe he will lead your heart elsewhere or say, now is not the right season. But to assume he says no without asking is dangerous ground. Believing God is telling you no for foster care or adoption because it's inconvenient, that's not God talking. Making a move like this without God even involved in the discussion, well, how is that following God at all? These talks you have with your spouse aren't easy conversations but they do draw you closer to the one who welcomed you into his family. And he did so at such a high cost. So that is my walking wisdom for you today. Talk about adoption or foster care with your wife or your husband. Maybe reach out to somebody you know who has gone through that process and ask them some questions and draw near to the Lord in the process. And it's just kind of like a, a tidbit right at the end here. Sometimes I often think about what life would be like without kids. So Laura and I started having kids really, really early. Well, not like really, really early, but early enough to where we were uncomfortable. Um, we became parents, I think, at 22, 23, 23. Yeah, I think 23 years old. And we had no idea what we were doing. And we were afraid. And there are often times where we're just like, man, you know, our lives are over. But then our firstborn showed up and it was like we couldn't change it. We wouldn't want to change it. 
it was the best thing ever. And it is the best thing ever to be a parent. It's amazing. And I wonder sometimes if that's a similar emotion we'd have once you have adopted a child. It seems so scary and difficult, and there's an immense process that goes with it. And I just can't help but wonder if, yeah, if we took that step of faith, would it be worth it? And I think it would be. But at the same time, I'm not trying to pressure anybody into pursuing adoption just for the sake of doing it. It's something that I think you should wrestle with God in. He's adopted so many people into his family. And he loves you more than you can even imagine. And it's completely and radically profound. So yeah, I would encourage you to think about it, to pray about it, to wrestle with it. And as I mentioned before, talk about it with somebody. Talk about it with your spouse. Reach out to to a group of people who have gone through that process before and just ask some basic questions. You know, your cards aren't all laid out on the table. There's no pressure. Just get a couple answers just to see. You never know what will happen. So that's my encouragement for today, and that concludes this episode. I hope you have a wonderful week and a blessed day. We'll see you later. That's all for today. Items, links, and show notes can be found in the description of wherever you listen to podcasts. We want to say thank you to Pixabay Music and all of you that are listening to our show. We appreciate all of your support, and thanks again. This is The Walk.